It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. The talk show that's getting you talking. You're with Brian Kilmeade. I took in billions, hundreds of billions of dollars in taxes and tariffs from China. We never got 10 cents for 40 years. They never paid us anything. Hundreds of billions of dollars. And businesses were starting to come back to us. China respected our country. Russia respected our country. I stopped the pipeline going to Europe. Biden approved it. But, of course, he stopped the Keystone pipeline mm-hmm. in our country, which and others right. he's trying to stop. Now, we have a group of people. I don't know if it's Biden. It might not be. But we have a group of people that are destroying our country and perhaps knowingly destroying our country. Uh, that was the president of the United States a half hour, about 90 minutes ago on Fox and Friends. Joining us now to discuss this, uh, J.D. Vance. He wants to be the next senator from Ohio. And, you know, he's the best-selling author of his movie, uh, Hillbilly Elegy, who's also became a very successful movie. Uh, J.D., uh, welcome back. Uh, so the president of the United States is is weighing in on uh, all things that's going on with China in particular. And there's a strong sense that maybe we shouldn't be competing over there. He He came back and said, I still think we shouldn't punish the athletes. Where do you stand? Yeah, you know, I, I think that what these athletes are doing is they see that China is a big market and they frankly don't see themselves as American citizens or as dedicated to the American. I do think that we need to start making the entities that are dealing, doing business with the Chinese pay because what we've learned over the past few years, I mean, Trump mentioned uh, the tariffs, which I think were important and very effective. And it's unfortunate that Biden administration is going the other direction. But what we've learned, if anything, is that the Chinese and the people doing business with the Chinese only respond to penalties. They don't respond to complaining. They don't respond to finger-wagging. They respond to penalties. And we've got to have a government willing to fight for our interests over the Chinese interests. And what is the the sense of China's role in this extension of the problems we're having with this supply chain? Because they're having their own problems. And I can't see who's benefiting and who's hurting more. Can you? You know, I I think that one of the reasons the Chinese are hurting, uh, as I understand it, is they've been incredibly aggressive about COVID. You know, I mean, it's it's a totalitarian state, so they will, like, literally, you know, shut people in their homes, lock them in their homes while the door shuts. Uh, Of course, you can't do that. We've learned that the hard way in the United States. You can't shut down your economy. I think the Chinese are are facing some of their own consequences. But I I think the, the, the bigger lesson for us is that we shouldn't be in a position where we're so dependent on the Chinese that when, when there's a massive supply chain disruption in China, or in the the delivery of goods between China and the United States, we shouldn't be so vulnerable to that. And I think, unfortunately, we've gotten ourselves in that position, uh, which is not real freedom. It's not real prosperity. It's nice to have the cheap things from China uh, in some ways, but I think we learned the hard way that it's a cheap high because when the sugar runs out and the Chinese are no longer sending us our stuff, uh, we've we've got to get it somewhere else. Were you for the bipartisan bill that passed a couple of weeks ago in, in infrastructure? No, I, I wasn't, Brian. And, you know, one of the things that I, I, I argued from the very beginning, I mean, months ago on this infrastructure bill, first of all, yes, we do need real infrastructure. You know, $1.2 trillion 
$1.3 trillion bill, probably $200 billion, $300 billion is good infrastructure that we actually need. The rest of it is a bunch of Democratic pet projects. But the, the thing that I really worried about is that we would give the Democrats this bipartisan flag to wave around. We basically give them a huge victory lap that they could use to then force a lot of additional spending uh, down the throats of the American taxpayer and the American consumer. And that's, that's what we're seeing now. I mean, I, I don't know what will ultimately pass as part of this Build Back Better agenda, but it looks like something very big will pass. And you, you, you know, one of the things I think a lot of folks forget is that much of the argument that Republicans made for joining on with that so-called bipartisan deal is that it would prevent the Democrats from yep. putting a lot of spending goodies in the, in the package. Well, what the Democrats have just done is taken all the things that they promised the Republicans they wouldn't put in the infrastructure bill, and they put it in the Build Back Better bill. So the Republicans got totally played on this. Uh, and it's, I think you know, one of the reasons I'm running for Senate is because I want to be the type of guy who doesn't get played by the Democrats when we have these big fights. Yeah, I mean, you pay the price for bipartisanship. So Senator Cassie and company in Portman, the guy you want to replace, went along with it because he's got the OMB background. He knows we do need infrastructure. He knows Ohio could benefit for some of these projects. But then he, he just embarrassed those people, those 19 and those handful of uh, congressmen and women by going along with it. But the president says even though inflation is high. Even though the workforce is far too low, there's not enough people in this workforce, maybe uh, four out of every 10, just choosing not to work, four million quit last, uh, last month. Here's what he said about the Build Back Better plan, cut 18. Nothing will be more expensive for American families than a no vote on the Build Back Better plan. I believe we simply can't afford to do nothing and wait and see what happens. In the moments we face today, that just isn't a responsible course. We live in uncertain times. So make sense of that. When that will hurt. That'll be, it'll be expensive not to pay? <laughs> uh, you're, you're asking me impossible to make sense of what Joe Biden has said. That's a very hard thing to do. I mean, you know, this, this guy, you know, this reminds me of just listening to this clip and listening to some of the other stuff he said. You, you remember Baghdad Bob back in 2003, yeah. like the guy who was promising uh, Iraqis in the world that you know, the Americans weren't weren't being successful even as the tanks were like literally rolling in in the background. You know, Joe Biden keeps on he's the same talking point. His whole administration uses the same talking point that things are not going to get more expensive, that inflation is not a problem, and yet you know we're now 10 months into this thing 11 months into this thing it is there for all to see you cannot deny it anymore this guy continues to do it and and the thing you know there have been a lot of bad policies from the Biden administration but the thing that i think is just catastrophically dumb as especially as as we get you know my neck of the woods in ohio and into the beginning of a pretty cold winter is the energy policies of the Biden administration like the supply chain problems Look, they, they deserve a lot of the blame, but some of this is long-term, you know, bad policymaking from Americans over three generations. But we had real energy independence under President Trump, and now we have energy dependence. That's bad for our manufacturers because they need low-cost energy. It's bad for you at the pump when you go fill up your tank of gas. It's bad for Ohioans who got to heat their homes this winter. It's just a really crazy unforced error, and it's one of the things – uh, that's making everything get more expensive in this country. Uh, last, uh, J.D., last item. This just came across. There's about 16, 17 senators uh, that do not want to fund the government uh, if uh, if they don't get rid of the mandates, uh, if Joe Biden doesn't get rid of the mandates. Here's what Mitch McConnell said about that. Next week, we're going to have a vote 
on the vaccine mandate, prohibiting that regulation from going into effect. I think it has a decent chance of passing the Senate. Uh, I don't think shutting down the government over this issue is going to get an outcome. We're not going to shut the government down. That makes no sense for anyone. Uh, almost no one on either side thinks that's a good idea. President Trump says that's weakness. Other people say that's leadership. Does, what does J.D. Fan say? Yeah, I, I, I think that uh, I agree with the president on this. I mean, we, we have to use the leverage that we have when we have it. And at this point, you know, the OSHA mandates are, first of all, a horrible, unconstitutional infringement of liberty. But it's, they also could, could destroy our, our economy, Brian. I mean, we're talking about a supply chain crisis. We could lose 20 to 30 percent of our truck driving workforce if this mandate goes into effect. Think about those poor truck drivers. Think about poor us uh, who need the things that those truck drivers deliver to our economy every single day. Uh, if we don't use the leverage that we have, and unfortunately, as a minority party, one of the few points of leverage we have right now is we can say we're not going to expand the debt limit unless the Biden administration rolls back this destructive anti-constitutional uh, amendment. I think we should do it. I think we should use the power that we have. Uh, I think that it's politically smart, but most importantly, it's good public policy, because if this mandate goes into effect, everything that you and I worry about that we've been talking about, Brian, it's going to get five times as worse this time next year. No question. I, I think that he's paying such a price. And I, I saw the breakdown of uh, what happened in New Jersey and Virginia and a lot of it had to do with the oppressive mandates and restrictions from the coronavirus. And yet he's hurting himself by continuing to do that. It seems to me that Republicans might be able to do him a political favor if he would just say, OK, I had no choice. But he's not going to play that game and the mandates will stay. I, I just don't think shutting down the government is going to benefit Republicans. But I understand your, your philosophy. Uh, J.D., if people want to support your Senate run, how do they do it? Yeah, the, the the best place to go is jdvance.com. Ohio's a big state. We've got a lot of momentum, but, but you know, we can use all the help we can get. Um, they can learn about the campaign, volunteer, support us with resources. All those things really matter, uh, and uh, jdvance.com. So in the two polls, it's been a while since I've seen a, a poll, but you are trailing Josh Mandel. How do you plan on closing that gap? You know, I think that what we've seen in the numbers is that every, every month we go up and, and, and the other candidates go down. And the race is still a ways away. You know, we're five months away uh, from the actual primary. Uh, that's all we've really got to do. I don't think, I don't think it's, it's actually too tough. we just got to keep on gaining. I think the last poll that I saw actually had us tied for the lead. Uh, so long as we keep our momentum, we're going to win this race. And, you know, certainly that's, that's, that's what the direction of the race is pointing, is me gaining and everybody else losing. That's where you want to be. And you, you uh, would welcome a debate. Yeah, we've actually done like six or seven candidate forums that are kind of debates. You know, we, we, we have some exchange. We go back and forth. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we've already done some. We're going to keep on doing those. And I think, again, if you watch those debates, it's pretty clear. Uh, I, think, I think I've got the right message, and I think I'm actually talking about things that people care about, not just throwing slogans and talking points at them. So the Protect Ohio Values Pack uh, originally did a poll in April, and you were trailing 25 to 6 percent. And now in the last poll— uh, he only got you by three points. So I know that's not an official Gallup poll and certainly not an election result, but it does show people are listening. Uh, J.D., good luck in the sprint to the finish. Thanks, Brian. Good to talk with you. Yep, and have a great holiday. Uh, 1-866-408-7669. When we come back, we'll find out if there's a need to know more. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. 
Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.